0: Putting the mental in fundamental, it's the Drew Marshall Show on JOY 1250.
1: At a racetrack here, folks, but we have saved the best for last the piece to resistance. Sheldon Kennedy, ex NHL player, Order of Canada recipient for his child abuse advocacy work. Sheldon Kennedy won a Memorial Cup World Junior Gold Medal and skated for three teams in his eight year NHL career the Detroit Red Wings, the Boston Bruins and the Calgary Flames. He's best known for his courageous decision to charge his major junior hockey league coach with sexual assault for the abuse he suffered over a five-year period while a teenager under his care. Uh, Through this disclosure and the important work that Sheldon continues to do, he has become an inspiration to millions of abuse survivors around the world. Sheldon Kennedy has been instrumental in uh, bringing governments, uh, public and private sector partners together to work collaboratively to influence policy change and improve the way child abuse is handled. He has influenced changes in Canadian law and has taken his message to the International Olympic Committee in the U.S. Senate. Sheldon Kennedy is the lead director at the Sheldon Kennedy Child Advocacy Center, the first of its kind in Canada, offering a full wraparound services for the uh, the victims of child abuse. He's also the co-founder of Respect Group. Uh, The CEO is uh, Aretha Franklin, I think. Oh, wow. Hey? You like that one? Yeah. Which provides empowering online abuse. That was pathetic. Abuse, bullying, harassment, prevention, education to uh, support. You know what? I'm tired of reading the bio. I want to talk to right. Sheldon Kennedy. Sheldon, how are you, man? Good.
0: How are you doing, Drew?
1: I want to tell you a couple things. I, um, I had two conversations this week with people who have great appreciation for you. So let me suck up to you by telling you about these people who think who, who like you. Okay? Okay. Paul Brandt. Oh, he said to uh, that you have helped him so much with his um what is he, the the um trafficking stuff that he's Yeah, human trafficking. Yeah. Uh yeah. So he's just been hugely appreciative of 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 your help with uh with the stuff he's doing over there. Oh. I, do you guys well, you must live kid. you must live near each other, do you? Yeah, we
0: don't live too far, but uh we uh we've kind of connected on on these issues and you know, I've always looked up to Paul, I, I think he's uh you know he's one of those guys that has a lot of uh respect when his name is uh is brought up and yeah. and I admire him deeply and and uh yeah I mean it's been interesting interesting and you know what it's nice it's nice that you know we're pulling on the rope together to around some difficult issues because sometimes with these things you find yourself alone and and uh, it's nice to get people such as paul Helping out, and and he's got a lot of expertise and a lot of knowledge around this stuff, too. So, you know, I, I like that. When he gets into something, he dives into it.
1: Big time. Big time. Well, another guy that's wired the same way, who I spoke to yesterday, and uh, he has said he's heard nothing but amazing things about you and uh, looks forward to the day that you guys meet Is uh, hockey legend, Paul Henderson. Um, oh, so when a guy like Henny, uh, you know, when you've got his attention, you know, these are these are quality guys that are giving you some, some pretty good cred. So, I don't know. That's just my way of sucking up at the beginning of the interview.
0: Well, at least there's two people, Drew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to just, one of the reasons you're on the show is because I want to promote this event that you're doing up in my neck of the woods. Building Better Tomorrows with Sheldon Kennedy, former NHL player and author of Why I Didn't Say Anything. Is a fundraising event in support of Dufferin Child and Family Services, Dufferin Children's Fund. The event is May 3rd, and it's from 11:30 to 2:30 at the Caledon Ski Club. Tickets are 100 bucks a pop. Remember, it's a fundraiser, uh, but it, uh, it's you got a lunch going there too, and lunch is uh, that'll be provided by Lavender Blue Catering. In case you wanted to know, you go to DC. AFS. That's Dufferin Children, I don't know, the Association of Families. I don't know. Dcafs.on.ca. It's on my website. Click on it. Uh, take someone with you. Drop a couple hundred bucks. Help out this organization and go listen to this guy. Because if this guy doesn't move you, uh, then you're dead. All right. That's the end of the suck-up. Um, so... When you when you um, well hold on, I actually want to talk about hockey first, because every interview I've heard sure. you do, it's right into the, you know, the abuse stuff. But I want to talk yeah. about hockey for a second. I remember I had in the studio Mark Osborne, Stu Grimson, and on the phone, I think we had Valerie Burray. Mm-hmm. And we we're just, ta- you know, sharing the hockey stories. And of course, we got into that one game where Stu Grimson lost his mind and uh, was skating around the ice trying to kill people. Did you ever? Did you have a switch that went off like that in your head on the ice? Uh, well, I didn't really have a switch that went off in my
0: head on the no, ice. No. But uh, uh, I think I definitely had a, a few switches that malfunctioned off the ice. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think that, well, I mean, I played in Detroit. And, I mean, we had uh, Probert and Kosher and McCarty. And so, yeah. you know, we saw our fair share of, uh, you know, kind of, switches that went off on sure. the ice but uh for me um no not not on the ice drew i, I think that you know basically i was you know one of those guys i, I always called myself the official glove picker up for for bob probert so, <laughs> um you know i'd pick him up and take him over they'd say, good job Proby. yeah so yeah, yeah but that well, was kind of my experience
1: with that stuff did you ever did you ever get into a dinger with someone and you went oh, oh I, this is this is i picked the wrong one or this never happened
0: well, not really in the NHL. I mean, I didn't really get into. I really didn't have to. I mean, we had a we had enough guys on the team that kind yeah. of took care of that end of it. But uh, um, I know in junior, uh, you know, I was young and we'd play, and you know, I was like 150 pounds in junior. I started in junior when I was 15, so the uh, we were playing against guys like well, Wendell was Wendell Clark was in uh, Saskatoon, and you know, we had some, and those guys were men, so it was uh, yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> I found myself in a couple doozies there, for sure, wishing I hadn't had dropped the gloves.
1: Yeah, yeah. A moment on the ice that you found yourself, you know, sort of pinching yourself, or you maybe even got emotional, or you couldn't believe it was happening, or a dream come true, or I don't know, all that kind of stuff. Can you can you hearken back to, to share one with us?
0: Yeah, I think, you know what, I mean, I think for us, I mean... You know, in junior hockey, we, we, uh, our first year in Swift Current, we were we were in a bus accident, and four of our teammates died, and and, uh, and that was in '86. And three years later, um, we won the Memorial Cup. And I think you know, basically, there was a lot of chaos going on around that team with you know with Graham being the coach. But I remember uh, everybody rallied around and wanted to win the Moral Cup for those four guys. And I remember. You know, when we when we actually won it, it was one of those moments that kind of hit home for a lot of different reasons. You know, finally I'm away from Graham. You know, we did it for the boys, and you know we're we're winning. So that was probably one of the biggest moments uh, that I had, as far as pinch yourself moments sure. in hockey.
1: Sure. Sure. That just gave me shivers thinking about that, man. That's ooh. yeah.
0: Um, it was it uh, was it was a. It was a it was a big deal. They actually just put up the monument. It's been 30 years. They put a monument up on the highway uh, oh, for good. those four, four guys outside of Swift. Geez,
1: yeah. why did that take so long?
0: Holy. Well, hey, that question's been asked a lot, actually. Yeah.
1: But uh, at least it's there. Um, my engineer here, Tim the Tool, as we affectionately call him. Uh, Tim, I don't know whether you realize this, but Sheldon, inline skated across Canada. What? in 1998 to highlight the issue of child abuse and donated 100% of the proceeds, $1.2 million towards abuse prevention programs. Dude, I just finished walking... Oh, here we go again. Yes. I just finished walking 1,000 kilometers from France over the Pyrenees Mountains across Spain to the Atlantic on a, on a pilgrimage called the Camino de Santiago. And I look at this and go, yeah, my thing is so pathetic now compared to what you just did. That's crazy.
0: <clears throat> well, it was interesting because... You know, I had I had no intentions of doing the doing the trip and I picked up the newspaper in nineteen ninety seven after my story had broke, uh you know, with, with Graham and so forth and we were I picked up the Globe and Mail and and it was you know how they have that edition where it's newsmaker of the year. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: It kinda, and so anyway I was newsmaker of the year in ninety seven and I was looking down the list in there and I thought I saw well, there's Rick Hansen there, and then there's Terry Fox, and, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I haven't even done anything. All I've really done is told my story. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the things when, when you're abused and when people are, you know, find themselves in those situations and kids, they feel that they're alone mm-hmm. and that uh, they must be the only one that this is happening to. So I didn't know what to expect um, when we left. I just knew that, um, we, we had a, I was in a position to keep this issue in the forefront and center for a long time and hopefully long enough for change to happen. And so we stopped, like we, we, we were averaging 90K a day and we stopped in every town across this country and had conversations and we were getting 15 to 20 disclosures a day and it was, uh, it was a journey, let me tell you. But, you know, it, uh, um, I think what it did was give people permission to, to look at things that have gone on in their
1: life, and and it's okay, um, Sheldon. When you initially came out about the look, well, I guess came out of the shadows about the abuse. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there were a variety of reactions, right? And 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 I mean, even just the Swift Current, you know, place, and it must have been a bitter pill for for Swift Current as a, as a little town to swallow. I mean, like even just it just a, not too long ago there's somebody that sent an email around i don't know something to do with the council who who was taking shots at you about the whole thing and like i just i can imagine that, that you'd be so confused by the variety of reactions there'd be some of you maybe in your family who'd be like well, let's just keep this you know to ourselves let's just keep it behind the thing really you're going to come out about this and talk about and then somebody would i don't know maybe even had vitriolic nastiness come at you Uh, how what was it like i mean you know it was a while ago now but what was the overall reaction was it more support or dude shut up and go away well there
0: was no question it's it's more way more support yeah i mean you know if you look at i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of backstory with you know the individual and swift current and you know they were challenged on some unethical behavior and uh um, and that's the way they, they chose to come out. So, you know, but I think the reality is, is that, you know, when we, when I told my story, I mean, you know, we, people wanted to say that's a hockey problem and this is an isolated issue. And the reality is, is it's not just a hockey problem and it's not an isolated issue. This is a societal issue. It's huge. Uh you know, we received over 100,000 letters of people telling me their stories to the Boston Bruins office uh, after my story broke that got sent there. So I knew I wasn't alone. I mean, in Calgary at the Child Abuse Centre, we do 150 investigations a month. Right? Come on! Kids a month. And we might get 10%. Kids, 98% of the, you know, 98% of the abusers, uh, the kids know them. 47% of them are abused by a parent or caregiver. So, you know, to me... It's not just here and there hmm. it's uh it's real and and it's very impactful and and what we know today is that you know over eighty percent of mental health issues uh, uh, in our country in our community stem from adverse childhood experiences such as this and that's what we know today and and so for us to know that uh, is to uh, have to work different and the way we've been built and the way we've always looked at these issues and wanted to try to deal with this, is we've always dealt with the outer layer of the onion. We've never understood the impact of this crime. Hmm. We've never understood the impact on the kids. It's always pull yourself up with the bootstraps and let's get going. And the reality is, is it's killing our
1: kids. Okay, the old saying, uh, you know, stranger danger, you know, that was the key phrase when this whole, you know, trying to learn about it and be all just more aware, but it, don't you think that phrase is actually setting these kids up a, a more like a trap? Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that, well, I think you just said it, the vast majority of people that are abusing kids are known by the kid. It's not a stranger. Well, exactly. And I mean, uh, you know, I mean, 98% of the kids
0: know know their abuser. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the majority of the ages are four to four to seven, and, and uh, so... You know, what I learned in school is be careful of the white van that's cruising around town because they're going to jump out and get you. But it's the farthest thing from the truth, and I look at an organization. So when we go, you know, we chat and swift Current, and, you know, our best defense is knowledge. If you look at the way the Graham James operates in the world or other people such as Graham James in your communities, in your organizations, within your family, they operate on your ignorance and indifference, lock, stop, and barrel. The best defense that we have is to be able to learn about... Um, the trends, learn about um, the impact, and be able to have a conversation uh, with our kids. Um, and you know what? Be, keep an open door. Lots of times people never come forward because this is a conversation that's never been allowed yeah. or it's never been had because these issues carry a lot of fear. Well, I mean, the best way we get through fear is through understanding. So the better we can understand it, um, the less fear we're going to have and the more open we're going to be to having conversations to be able to deal with issues that might come in.
1: Okay, one of the main reasons I wanted you on the show is because this is a show that, you know, it's Canada's most listened to, spiritual talk show. I interview celebrities about the what they believe spiritually and big, you know, spiritual leaders, Gandhi's grandson and Deepak Chopra and all you know this kind of stuff. But here's the thing. A lot of the spiritual scene in Canada, you know, North America, is church stuff. And, and guess what? There are a lot of kids getting abused at church. I'm not just talking the Catholic stuff. The priest you know, jokes that we all sort of. No, it's just, it's it's with it's, it's with any sort of club, any sort of where the, the the comfort is there and the trust is there and the and they let their guard down. That's and so, I guess I want you to to I want you to say what you're going to say to to the church people, uh, because. You know, it, it, the thing that sucks about this is the last place in the world a kid should be getting abused is at a church or by church people. Would you agree with that? Well, I mean, I I I mean I think that
0: it's it's one of those places where um it's it's absolutely uh an abuse of power. Yeah. Uh, an authority, absolutely. I think anywhere a kid gets abused is, is, is awful, but I think, you know, to think of that, um, you know, in a church setting... Um, makes me sick. Is, is very, is very, yeah, it makes makes you sick, and I think is very upsetting to a lot of people, yeah. and I think, but if you look at, you know, how kids get abused, and how individuals... It's abuse of power. It's about trust. It's about grooming. It's about that position of power, right. and... You know, if we look at the position of power of the authorities within church or in that setting, it's huge, hmm. and the trust level, right? I mean, if we look at the Graham Jameses of the world, I mean, the trust that he had. You or know, Gordon, right how now, about he, uh, he,
1: Gordon Stuckless, holy! Oh, well, by the way, speaking of Stuckless, let me just—he he was charged with abusing, I think, eighteen boys decades ago, and he got six and a half years.
0: Well. And, I, you know, I mean, we've been chatting about that, and I think one of the biggest things with this is that we don't understand the impact. I mean, if we look at the impact, 72% of individuals in treatment centers, detox centers have disclosed early childhood abuse. Kids that are abused are 26 times more likely to experience youth homelessness, 30% higher dropout rates in high school. Kids that are abused experience, 90% of them will experience some sort of mental illness by the time they're 18. So, I mean, to me, we... Don't understand the impact, and I think that mindset has to shift. With the the, the science is clear, the impact on the developing brain when kids are being uh, constantly uh, living in a state of fear. Um, if you think of the fight flight mode, and so you know you're going home, your abuser's there, or you're having to go to this, or, you know, to church or to the talkie rink or wherever it might be, and living in that state of fear it's like the grizzly bears chasing you 24 7 well we know that when kids are young that's the way their brains get developed so at the end of the day that child is being built into that is being brain is being built in the fight flight mode and we wonder why they can't concentrate in school we wonder why they turn to drugs and alcohol to turn their heads off i mean it's clear so for me we have to uh we know different now So by knowing different, we have to shift the way we do this work. And basically, that's what I'm going to be talking about uh, in Dufferin, is that we have to change the way we work to early intervention prevention. If we know that that if we're not doing a good job with these kids, when they walk through our doors, they're the ones that we're going to see on our streets, in our jails, or wherever it is down the road,
1: Uh,
0: if we know that. We have to work differently. We have to do a better job when they come in our doors.
1: Okay, Sheldon, uh, running out of time, up against the clock, it's a horrible question to ask at the end of an interview. We've used the phrase grooming. It gets used a lot in this conversation. Mm. What, does, what did that look like for you? I know it's not the same for everybody, so we can't kind of paint a, a br- you know broad brushstroke over this. What did it look like for you? How were you groomed?
0: Well, Graham James would groom. He made you, made you feel special. He... He makes, he gets access to you from, you know, he groomed my mom, he groomed my brother, he groomed our family to get access to me. He made me feel that, you know, I was this special kid and, and, uh, he was this trusted person in our life. Graham would maneuver in families where the father figure, uh, really wasn't present, such as ours. And uh he came in as that person that was gonna take care of Sheldon. And uh he was gonna make sure he got through school and he was going to uh make sure that, you know, he wasn't drinking because he didn't believe in drinking. Well hold on, hold
1: on, hold on. That sounds like any awesome youth leader I've ever worked with over the last you know, however however many decades. You just painted the picture of a really nice guy.
0: Well, and that's that's I mean, the the people that we investigate, ninety eight percent of them, that's exactly who they are. Yeah. Man. And that's and that's why I think, you know, we need to make sure that uh, we have conversations with our kids about, you know, just boundaries. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's it's huge. And it's not about sex. It's about uh, it's about abuse. And that's two different things.
1: Well, I'm thankful. I'm just really thankful. You, I know you get interviewed a lot. You just gave us a chunk of time, Sheldon. Um, I know you've said this stuff a million times. I want to thank you for doing what you're doing. The way you're, I'm glad it's you because if it was just I don't know some suit, you know, some statistic. Although you were starting to sound like a Rain Man there, the amount of numbers that are coming out of your head. <laughs> Holy!
0: Well, we're 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 immersed in it. I mean, we've done six thousand investigations in Calgary under five years, so we see it. We know it's real. But you know what? You know what the best part is, Drew. There's hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We see kids, and they turn their lives around, and we see success stories, and that is the key, right? The key, and we don't hear enough about that. We don't hear enough about the successes that, that you know, and, and that's what I love hearing about is how did you do it? How did you get your
1: life turned around? What exactly. worked for you? Exactly. Exactly. Man. Well, you got to go to this thing, man. A hundred bucks a pop. It's a fundraiser. It's going to be worth it. The food's going to be good. Uh, you're going to listen to Sheldon say a heck of a lot more than he just did here. You hear out what a great communicator he is, and uh, he doesn't hold back the punches, that's for sure. It's May 3rd at the Caledon Ski Club. You can go to my website, click on the link. That'll get you to the tickets, or just write this down D C A F S. That's uh, Drew, Charlie, Alpha, Frank, Sam. On. C A. Sheldon Kennedy. Uh, CAC.ca is another website. People aren't going to remember that. Go to my website, look at the stuff, (laughs) read the thing, click on it, and uh, and put things into action. Sheldon, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Drew, for your time. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Sheldon Kennedy on The Drew Marshall Show. If you missed it, go online to our website, drewmarshall.ca. By the end of the week, we'll have it all loaded for your re-listening pleasure. Bye-bye. So I'll be asking for forgiveness then.